This is Ventures Africa. Hi, I'm Cynthia Okorafwa, and this is Beyond the Headlines. The topics we'll be discussing today are why the FGM campaign needs to be taken seriously and why Nigeria needs to stop rewarding criminal behavior. After this, we'll round up with the minute news. To discuss the FGM campaign in Nigeria, I have Omotola Mulaya with me in the studio today. Hi, Tola. Hi. Nice to see you as usual. Yeah. Right, so the FGM campaign has been banned, right? Not the campaign, rather, the act itself, the practice. Yes. So why is it still prevalent? Well, I don't think that the federal government, in conjunction with different health organizations that have spoken against FGM, have effectively touched the root of the problem which is the cultural norm. I mean, the reason why people will would mutilate their kids in the first place is because they think it's going to make them pure or boost their fertility or make them decent. Yeah, that's less the, promiscuous. Yeah, or less promiscuous. You know, that's like the, 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 the conventional belief of the people that practice it. Mm-hmm. So they think it's a rite of passage. So there is, it's, um, it has a cultural undertone. Right, and until the people that practice it are probably stripped of all these mentalities, they might not be able to eradicate female gender mutilation for sure, because it's still widely, it's still um, widespread, it's still widely practiced in Nigeria. It has the highest prevalence in the South South. Quite shocking. It is very shocking. Yeah, with seven percent, you know. Followed by southeast, then southwest. They said it's practiced on on a much more smaller scale in the north. Apparently, it's only probably a tribe or two that do it in the north. But um, notwithstanding, I think the federal government and all its um, stakeholders and you know stakeholders in the health sector can do much by educating the traditional doctors yeah, because invest in orientation and like sensitization exactly. especially in rural areas rural areas because yeah. they need to like go because really inside those places yeah the traditional medical medicine men actually think that they are doing this these girls a favor right and you know there was this summit that held in um ibadan they call themselves the circumcision descendants association of nigeria you know they're advocating for an alternative means of life livelihood for their members as a way of curbing FGM. Do you so get like excuses or if you don't give if us you don't give us it, it continues. Do you get so there is a warped uh, mentality here. There's a warped thinking and thought and this is their profession. A pattern. Right. It's it's their profession. That means for them to still stay in profession, they they, they must have had a lot of they must have a lot of um patronage, right? So I think that is what the government needs to look into. Find this association. Educate them. I'm not saying that you should not give them alternative um, employment, alternative means of fending for their families and, and means of livelihood. They have deserved to receive alternative means. Exactly, of but but you educate them first. Maybe what done. they need to know is why this is dangerous for the girls that you do it for. Exactly. So that's my point. So, in your opinion, have previous campaigns for FGM? Being kind of superficial, then seeing that the this grassroots you said is still practicing there, and there's no much change in the mindset towards this practice. Yes, I think it's superficial. The Nigerian government have this um, 
conferences and sem- seminars in collaboration with the big names, you know, like the UNFPA and the UNICEF and some other civil society organizations. And they do these meetings in Abuja. How do you expect to reach the core people? The people that practice FGM no, don't live in Abuja. <laughs> yes, exactly. More, what do you do after? Like, what's the action? What's the, well, I'm, I'm sure that those conferences are meant to um, sp- yeah, spur people to action, then then to propagate your agenda of ending FGM, right? So why leave out the the medicine men, the traditional FGM experts? You know who, who yeah, who do these things? Right. If you cannot invite them, then take it to them. Literally. Go to South. If South South has the highest um, percentage of um, female gender mutilation cases, then go there. Go to Ebony State. Do a conference there. Invite this medicine men. Let them listen and hear why it is not good. Probably they can change their profession and even start to help women. You know, they can, they can, you can teach them on how to make their profession more about female empowerment rather than just sit somewhere in Abuja and advocate against FGM, right? I think that is why we are not achieving so much results in Nigeria because it seems like we are not facing the core target just yet. Right. So I think if if the government can, you know, go to selected states where FGM is, is, is prevalent and go to the rural areas and educate them, probably we'll have lesser cases by the next year or by 2017. I imagine that, that would be the case. Thank you very much for coming in, Tola. Thank you, Cynthia. Moving on to how Nigeria seems to be rewarding criminal behavior, right? Yeah, so I read in um, Punch that... Um, Senator Basi Akpan, apparently, is the chairman of the Senate Committee on Gas. Mm-hmm. He advocated for a special amnesty for owners of Nigerian stolen money. Right. You know, stashed in various banks all over the world. I'm like, do we really know what amnesty is? Where did Nigeria go wrong with this initiative? Yes, like, the amnesty program? I think that's the question is, where really did we go wrong? Where did we miss it? Like, setting the parameters properly? Right. Clearly, mm-hmm. more, maybe more clearly. And then understanding this as the government, as the people. So, as we know, the amnesty program was introduced by uh, the late president. Maurice Musayadra. Right. And then, but the whole point was to, for example, okay, you know how we have this, I think it's, it's a common thing when you know, okay, maybe someone had some kind of influences, maybe external, internal, environmental, that pushes them to a life of crime. That happens in real life. It's, 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 it's the truth. But then you have these people who think, you know what, I'm just going to resort to crime because I think it will it's be the most convenient thing. It's convenient and I will right. do that. So for the former party is why that kind of initiative was introduced. And so, you know what, just give these people another chance. You know, to That's for men, right? For movements, for the right, emancipation for the of exactly. Niger Delta. Give them this opportunity to have another go at life socioeconomically. I know make their own money, learn some skills, start a business, start two businesses, you know, it depends on what they want to do. Right. But it is to be better citizens, right? Because they felt they had to do this bad no, thing to, to survive. survive, but they realize now they don't have to. But they have this other interesting set of groups and individuals, like um, the Avengers. That we Niger have Delta like Avengers. Exactly. <laughs> I like their name, by the way. Yeah, me you too. Know? And <laughs> so you have these people who consciously make these decisions to be like, you know, we'll make this country difficult to inhabit like we make peace like this elusive thing literally right and we'll make security like as threatening as it can be just safety is just like far-fetched 
and this is what you how you want to live in a country that's supposed to be your own right so it's like but then they, they, they hold on to this whole thing even if you don't for example okay now for example we're fighting for how we want to have control of our resources because there are resources right? right and we need to have a kind of like right to control them if you don't allow us to do that we will make this country ungovernable we'll make it difficult to live in we will do this otherwise you know you give us uh, money or to take care of it so it's like they use the amnesty as a kind of like um leverage right to continue to exhibit their criminal maybe try to control exactly the government threatening the government openly and everything like over this is ordinarily shouldn't be the case where a group of people can stand and threaten national government and be like oh make sure the country is divided if you don't do this and if you don't do that so we went wrong with i think having a select maybe not so uh unknown group of powerful individuals like some politicians supporting these people you know behind the scenes that we don't the know means to, yeah you know, the means to group and regroup you know and be able to have arms and threaten the government and threaten people threaten you know one of the things we don't know is if nda and menda are actually the same we probably will never know right or yeah we, we might if we're lucky we mm-hmm. just might even if we're not lucky it might just be a fact that we get to put together very soon right so that's where the whole thing started going wrong is you can demand this thing this ridiculous things for example because you know and if it all goes wrong at the end of the day what we'll ask for amnesty so that's where i think that we went wrong with doing that was where we started to make it look like oh you know anyone that has come out openly or not threatening the country's security threatening our economical stability Right. At some point, you know, there's something such as amnesty that you can always resort to when all hope is lost. Well, okay. So, what can be done to restore dignity, some form of dignity to that name, to amnesty? The, right, because it's it's very beneficial. Like we've seen again, still in Niger Delta region, is right. people have had jobs. Even some of the them have gone back to school. Literally, even the president now has extended. It was supposed to end last year, I think, in yeah. December, right? So he extended it till next year, right, for two more years. We so in it last year. Because, yeah, it had some benefit, visible. People learned skills, set up jobs in the Delta region, went back to school, like you just said. And yeah. like, everything was moving smoothly for those who took saw advantage, yeah, advantage of that. and then took it. So what I think what needs to be done is to maybe first of all uncover this, like what you mentioned, this interesting story of how a senator, for example, is coming and asking for amnesty, amnesty yeah, for thieves. How about just return the money because you stole it? You looted the country, so return it. Why do you need a special amnesty? At what do you think that you just would come up with this and be like, oh, you know what? It's like, you know, be nice with him. Let me read it to you. He said, the time has come when we have to think outside the box. He he, he said outside the box. I'm telling you. Amnesty. That is really thinking outside the box. Because if you want to think inside this box, which we need to think inside, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't probably be saying that because you should be saying, oh, this will looted money. I don't know how hard the government or the legal judicial system is being on them, but... Just return the money for your own and face the punishment. And then face your punishment. Yes, so we because you have amnesty to. Because we, we should just condone crime on any kind of like level. Because oh, yeah, I think that's all we do as a nation. We condone crimes. It's like we can say, oh, Boko Haram is doing regressive. this, and we can just you know because they are restricted to a particular part of the country. Yes, we say, oh, like, you know, let them just, just be. It's not happening exactly. here, and we are fine and we are safe. So these different mentalities and attitudes that we take on this issues are so destructive to the economy so regressive for our growth right it's amazing so what needs to do is to address such individuals for example see how you can like stop them from pulling the strings and like you know guiding these people to do these things because they enable them and then see how to reevaluate the terms of amnesty maybe make it clear 
maybe because yeah. some of our politicians don't understand what amnesty really written, means you know in these documents that you know but you know we can always amnesty. fall back on google everybody if you don't know what amnesty google. is we can always google it and the entire purpose the real purpose for amnesty that term i yeah. think we need to probably yeah thank you very much cynthia yeah thank you for coming in tola and now the minute news for today the Code of Conduct Tribunal is resuming the prosecution of Nigerian Senate President Bukola Saraki over alleged false and anticipatory assets declaration. Suspected Boko Haram fighters invaded a settlement near the Jere local government area of Bornu State on Tuesday evening, leaving behind bullet-ridden and charred bodies, and went on to take five more communities. The Economic and Financial Crimes Commission has rearrested Nnamdi Konko, the managing director of Fidelity Bank PLC, over a new discovery of $153 million linked to funds also laundered through the bank, by former Nigerian oil minister, Dizani Alison Madwike. In news across Africa, Egypt's air chief announces that Egypt has contracted two foreign companies to help locate the flight data recorders of the crashed plane. Senegal is set to build West Africa's largest solar energy plant. And in international news, photos of Germany's national football team on popular chocolate brand Ferrero prompt internet outrage among Germany's far right. African countries have demanded concrete steps against racism and Afrophobia following the outrage over the recent killing of a Congolese national. That was Minute News for today, and this has been Beyond the Headlines. My name is Cynthia Okorafor. Thank you for listening, and let's do this again tomorrow. Bye. To read more of our stories and listen to our podcasts, visit VenturesAfrica.com. Follow us on Twitter at VenturesAfrica, Facebook, and other social media platforms. This is Ventures Africa.